Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Sharp Lessons, the podcast, Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Ben Wittenstein sitting right next to me, the professor, Nate Jacobson. And Nate, we are back after a, uh, a week after a week, we usually do Tuesdays, but because it's a little bit of a different conference championship week, we got some soccer going on. We figured, you know, Thursday, we're just going to lay it all out there. We're going to have all the bets for the weekend and just going to do one episode this week. Yeah, I think our first Thursday show in three weeks, I was in Mexico two yep. weeks ago. We didn't do any shows that week. And then we just did a Tuesday show last week. And I know we talked about maybe doing a Tuesday show this week, but it coincided with the USA third we're group too patriotic. stage game. and. Honestly, I was a nervous wreck for the last <laughs> half of that game, yeah. and I would have not been in the right mind state to record a podcast. <laughs> Plus, with the college football regular season coming to a close and only 10 really games left or for this weekend, there wasn't as much to talk about. And right now with the NFL, it's, it's pretty messy when it comes early in the week line. So I think uh, we'll see what we do going forward. If we, if we cut down to once a week, we'll still try to do twice a week when we can. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think for this week, just doing a Thursday show uh, made sense with the World Cup, and uh, I might be in a bad mood because I just lost my Costa Rica under half a goal oh, no. bet in the Costa Rica Germany game that is going on right now. As the uh, obviously, when you listen to this, um, we'll know the, the the result of the games, but uh, some madness in Group E with Japan just scoring twice on Spain to potentially win the group and uh, knock the Germans out of the competition. Yeah, we've got football, we've got football, we've got USA-Netherlands bets, we've got NBA bets for the show today, so I think we've got a lot of our bases covered, and hopefully, you know, you, you lost a Costa Rica bet, but that means you're just going to bounce back with some of these college football bets that we got. I think that's the rule, because we got college football Friday, we got college football Saturday. Yeah, and I have some decisions to make based on some stuff we talked about this summer in terms of future bets, so I'm uh, looking forward to talking about it and explaining my thought process. Love it. Let's get into the college football picks then. We'll start with college football. We got all the conference championship games this weekend. Uh, we have bets for some of them, for sure, and we can start. Let's start with the Friday night game. We'll start Absolutely. with Utah and USC. USC is a... Uh, at most sports books, two and a half point favorite over Utah right now. I believe uh, the last I saw the total was about 68, 68 and a half. So it's sitting around there. Uh, what side do you like? And because this is coming out on Thursday, don't forget, watchstadium.com. We have our uh, picks written up for college football on Friday. Yeah. So decision for me here, because I bet Utah before the season at three to one to win the Pac 12. That's something we talked about in the Pac-12 preview podcast that we did back in July. Yep. So if you want to check out to see how we did and, and handicap that conference, if it's kind of fun, just go down memory lane. Uh, you could do that. Yeah. Oregon team total, uh, team win total over. Win total. I had the Washington over. Let's go. USC under, which was a loser. Yeah, that, and that, that, that was. I, that's one of my stupider looking bets. I was very wrong about USC, but same time USC, we knew a team that had a lot of upside. If things clicked, yeah. sure they were gonna, you know, win this conference. 
potentially make the playoff, which they're one win away from doing. But there was also a lot of uncertainty about how the offense and all the transfers would would work together. And yep. I still have question marks about that defense. And if it wasn't for Caleb Williams playing at Heisman level, they'd probably lose maybe that UCLA game and, well, the or that Oregon State game way back in September. The turnover margin, too. Yeah. You know, they lead the, the country in right. turnover margin. I mean, that's insane. That's one of those things that you can't really even predict. Like, we knew they weren't going to have a good defense. They really don't have a very good defense. I think they're like 65th or something in points per game given up. It's not very yep. good, but – They've gotten somewhat lucky with the turnover margin. It's like plus two average. So, so I know you like USC in this game. What I'm going to do is I'm going to actually hedge here. I'm going to bet. So I have one unit to win three on Utah to win the Pac-12. I'm going to take what risk, however much it is, to win one unit back. So okay. if USC wins the Pac-12 title, I break even. If not, I'd win roughly 1.5 units because the consensus money line on USA, USC is minus 150. So not going to screw around here. I think just the way these teams are trending, I like USC better in this matchup. Utah won the first meeting in Salt Lake City, but Salt Lake or Utah, Rice Eccles Stadium, one of the best home fields in the country, an intimidating place to play. Yeah. This is on a neutral field in Vegas. I'm guessing there's be a ton of USC fans at this game and just the way USC is trending offensively and and not really liking Utah and not as good as I guess I don't think this Utah team has met my expectations um or I mean they won nine games so they went over the win total or pushed if you took nine but I think that Utah just kind of a, a solid team but uh, they're going to need a lot to go right to beat this USC team and, and not turn the ball over and uh, hope maybe that USC's offense can, can stumble a little and kind of create their own mistakes, which they haven't really done this season at they, all. They also have played a bit of a cupcake schedule for the past four weeks. They beat, Utah, they, they, yeah. They played Oregon, and they lost. Well, that was the best team they faced. That's another thing. The one kind of test game for Utah they had, and I thought because they lost it, they'd be eliminated from the Pac-12, but because Oregon lost last week and Washington won, they have this new chance, but they lose that game at Oregon with a banged-up Bo Nix. Cam Rising really struggled in the fourth quarter when they had many opportunities to win the game, so I just don't like the way Utah is trending into this game, and you mentioned it was like Arizona and Stanford and Colorado. Yeah. Their wins, and, and Come th- on. those, I mean, those are teams that, you know, we talk about USC not having a great schedule, USC took care of those teams too so yeah um i'm i don't i wouldn't advocate like a bet like if i was coming into this game without anything i I would stay away but because i have that utah ticket i'm gonna work on a hedge and and bet usc and i'll add that or right or uh indicate that on twitter yeah i'm going usc with this one and i wrote this in the article this is my apology bet to the trojan nation to the trojans out there because i i bet usc and their win total under to start the season and again one of my dumber bets uh preseason wise for that one because usc soared over their team win total they look great caleb williams is the favorite to win the heisman I think this is a game where they show up, and I'm loving that I can get them at 2.5. I love the betters that brought this number down to 2.5 under a field goal for USC. Utah is not going to beat USC twice in the same season. They really almost didn't beat them in game one. They had to go and and get a two-point conversion to beat USC. So I think USC wins this game. I think they can cover this game now that it's under three. Caleb Williams is going to go off. This is a USC team that's third in the country in points per play. Their offense is legit, and their offense has just gotten stronger as the season has gone on. 
give me USC in this one. They give me them. They they have a lot to play for too. There's still question marks on whether or not the committee's going to keep them in, even if they lose this game. So they have a little bit of that fire beneath them to, to win, to stay in the college football playoff. Trojans all the way, man. I am so sorry that I doubted them to start the season. I'm so sorry I doubted Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. This is my makeup bet. And for the love of God, I hope they uh, I hope they come through for me. Yeah, so I think that if they do lose, they're probably out, and they let one loss Ohio State into the playoff. A tragedy. I haven't Disgusting. watched like the playoff committee shows the last few weeks, so I don't really know their their state of mind. But I think two loss non Pac twelve champ USC probably wouldn't stay in the top four. Um, just kind of my th- thought, and I yeah. think that. Even though a USC-Georgia so would be a good ratings game, I also think that Georgia-Ohio State would get a big number. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Let's go to the Big 12. Yes. Because this is a fun game and a game I'm not really sure on which direction I want to bet yet. Because at one hand, Nate, for Kansas State and TCU, I'm being pulled towards the TCU side at minus two and a half. I'm being pulled there. I like TCU. I've doubted them before, and every single time they have come through for me or come through against me. But on the other hand, it's two and a half. It seems like Vegas is really wanting people to start putting money on TCU. It's an interesting number against Kansas State. This is a Kansas State team that has a really good running back in Deuce Vaughn. TCU's rush defense is 60th in the nation, not very good, literally in the middle of 120 teams. You like Kansas State to start the season. Are you still riding with Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game? Yeah, we both like Kansas State. I remember before the season, we talked about how that was kind of our consensus team in the Big 12. You made a case for the win total over. Yep. And I said, hey, let's go another step further because I didn't really like Baylor, didn't like Oklahoma State, had my questions with Texas. I know you were very adamant anti-Oklahoma, which turned out to be one of the best predictions of the season. So I was like, why not a team like Kansas State from the middle of the pack in this conference can can kind of rise? And and then another team with TCU, who I, I didn't really think about, you know, conference futures on, but I did expect improvement from with Sonny Dykes as their head coach and kind yeah. of a new era from going away from Gary Patterson. So what I'm gonna do here, and I gave out Kansas State eighteen to one back in July. I uh, I'm not gonna hedge. I have decided not I'm not going to hedge. Woo-hoo, you're riding it out. I if I didn't Let's have go, Nate. And, and the reason why is I, if I didn't have any action yeah. in this game, I would bet Kansas State. I would take the two and a half. Wow. I think that the two and a half is a pretty telling number. Uh that TCU, who has the playoff kind of bump, that they could have the bump in the market, um, aren't a full three. And I think that's kind of telling that Kansas State is kind of the I want to say the right side, but I think a lot of people would bet Kansas State at plus three if it got there, and they're, yeah. they're not putting it on three, knowing they'd get a lot of action on Kansas State. But I go back to that game back in October. I think it was a best bet. Kansas State plus three and a half at TCU. Adrian Martinez gets hurt the first drive, and then Will Howard comes in, their backup, who's played very well for them down the mm-hmm. stretch offensively. He comes in. They build up a 28-10 lead. Then TCU's offense gets going. Howard gets banged up. They bring in a third-string quarterback who plays a few snaps in series. He throws a bad interception. TCU ends up getting a seven-point lead or I think a 10-point lead at one point. Anyway, TCU, it was kind of like that was like the poster child of how much like luck they've had this season, <laughs> that they didn't play very well, but yeah. they were able to find ways to win games. And they won that game. They covered the spread. 
I was very disappointed. I thought the Kansas State Big 12 title dream was dead. Yep. But I was just thinking, like, I just want one more shot. Give them one more shot, Kansas State, first Saturday, December in Arlington, and here we are. So I wanted this to happen. I'm not going to hedge because I I think Kansas State is going to win the game. So (laughs) why would I hedge a bet when it's not, like, life-changing money or anything? So why would I hedge if I if I think something's going to happen? So Kansas State not going to hedge here, eighteen to one. If you aren't involved, I would advocate a bet on Kansas State plus the two and a half or the money line. Love it uh, for this weekend Saturday early um, in Arlington, Texas. Let's go! I love it. You're standing straight, hanging by your morals. You might as well yep. ride with the Wildcats. This is this is the end of the road well, for TCU. And there's the interesting thing. I know TCU's obviously can go go all out to win. But there's a lot of questions about TCU and if they because they're 12 and 0. So if they yeah. if they lose this game, they still might be in the playoff. I don't know there's how that imp- impacts the handicap at all, and like from terms of betting. But if they do lose, it's not the end of the world for them. However, they, if they do lose badly, I think <laughs> there might be a case. You don't want to give the committee exactly. Alabama or Ohio well, State. And a we've chance. seen the com- for me. We've I don't seen, the, see we've seen how this co- the committee has treated TCU yeah. back in whether 2014, and or just kind of teams of this caliber where they try to find a way to get the big dogs in because they know the TV ratings will uh, be large. Go with back those to the teams. BCS. Go back to the, get the computers involved again. Well, we're, we I mean we're getting the 12 team playoff. That's, that's official. That's so true. so we're good. So we're uh, yeah. Best of both. I don't worlds. like the committee at all, but no, yeah, that's a different either. that's a different conversation. All right, we so you like Kansas State. You're not hedging your Kansas State preseason bet. Let's talk about another underdog that uh, I like. You like sound. It's starting Nate to become the sexy pick, which I'm a little worried about. Uh, I don't think it's there yet. It hasn't reached sexy pick threshold, but it's getting close, and that's Purdue plus 17 against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game. Now, Blake Corum, like an hour ago, it was announced that he's going to be out for the rest of the season, so we're not going to have Blake Corum in this game against Purdue. But even before that, Nate, I was a little skeptical of the desire for Michigan to just go all out for this game and win by three scores. I don't know if this is a Michigan team that necessarily – Wants to do that so strongly. I don't think it's a team now without Blake Corum that is going to give anything away strategically for their potential semifinal matchups. This is a Michigan team that's fine getting out of there winning by low double digits, 10-point win, 13-point win, something like that. I really don't think this is a Michigan team that's looking to blow anyone out. And on the other side for Purdue, it's their Super Bowl. This is this is the game. This is the first time they've been in a Big Ten title game since it was started. This is the first time they've had a chance to win the Big Ten since 2000. This is it. This is the game that they played for. They've, they've pushed all year for that Big Ten West has been a tough division, and it really has anyone's division. And then Purdue comes out, and they, they get the win. So I, I think this is it. This is it for them. They're going to be going all out. And going all out against the Michigan team with not a lot of desire to blow anyone out, Purdue plus 17 makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of a similar situation to last year in the Big Ten title game where Michigan was coming off that big win against Ohio State, their their first one in over a decade, and, and now they're back in the Big Ten title after a big win against Ohio State. This one was in Columbus, the first time they won there since 2000. Yeah. But I think the difference here is Michigan is undefeated, so they're pro- pro- in the playoff. Regardless yeah, of what good. happens in this they game, don't need to even they're win. in the playoff. They obviously want to win to avoid potentially playing Georgia in the semifinal and you know playing the waiting till the final because we know what happened last year when they played Georgia. But last right. year 
they were all in against Iowa because they already had one loss on their on their resume. So Michigan, I don't like. I agree with you. I don't think they really need to win this game by margin. You mentioned Blake Corum. They have other injury situations. It might be smart to either rest those players or keep them on a, on a snap limit. And on the other side, I don't mind backing Purdue here just because Aiden O'Connell and their offense can move the ball. And you can't really say the same thing about some of the other Big Ten West schools like Iowa last year or Wisconsin this year yep. or even Minnesota with the injured Tanner Morgan. So I think Purdue is actually the opponent I kind of want to bet against the spread or to bet on against the spread in this game. Plus, they're playing in nearby Indy, so I think they're going to you know travel pretty decently be a lot of Purdue fans, for what yeah. you mentioned, their first Big Ten title game since we kind of transformed to this East versus West game. Uh, that we've only had for like 10 years. So Purdue <laughs> plus 17 is a bet I like, probably my second favorite bet, um, other than the Kansas State look if you don't have a future on Kansas State. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, let's look towards the NFL. So those were some of our college football picks. Now we've got some NFL picks. Of course, we've got World Cup and NBA coming up in just a second too. But NFL Sunday, Nate, um, we like similar things, and I think we're on the opposite side of a game as well. Let's start with that one. Chargers. <laughs> I like the Chargers over the Raiders. Chargers are plus, plus one, I believe, uh, in this one. It's been bet down from three to one, close to a pick in some spots. I think, as you know me, I will always fade the Raiders, and I know the Raiders have looked a little bit better as the weeks have gone on. Josh Jacobs has been an absolute beast for this Raiders team, but I think the Chargers are the better team here, and I am more than happy to fade a Raiders team that I'm still not buying and a Chargers team that still has a lot to play for within the division for the playoff race as well. I am, though, a little worried about the offensive line play for the Chargers, just a little bit worried about how their offensive line is going to do. I know they've had injury issues on the offensive line, but the numbers for the Raiders aren't great in terms of their pass rush. They are 12th in the NFL in blitz percentage, so they blitz a good amount. They're 27th in the QB hurry percentage, so they blitz, but it really doesn't work out well or the way they want it to work out once they actually do blitz. So, Herbert probably will have a little bit less time to throw the ball with some backup linemen, but I, I think he's going to be able to get the job done uh, with the wide receiving core starting to get back together. They're coming off a pretty emotional and, and a high gutsy win on a two-point conversion against the Cardinals. And plus, they're 5-1 and one against the spread on the road. For whatever reason, they're better on the road than they are at home this season. Put that all together, and it's a pick em. Give me the Chargers. So I was doing some research for the show last night, and in the teaser section, I put the Raiders in because at the time, the Raiders were still an underdog, so you could tease them up from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. But this morning, the Raiders, I was probably released from some professional group on them because now they are pretty much consensus one point favorite in this game, uh, which is fascinating because the Chargers opened as high as minus three. So yep. I think the Raiders, I know, you know, Josh McDaniels, not very good. But they have lost pretty much every close game, others than the last two where they won in overtime. So I, I think that the Raiders may be a little bit better than their 4-7 and seven record in terms of on-field production. And the, and the Chargers on the other side, 
get propped up because Justin Herbert's so good, but they have a lot of injuries. Brandon Staley, I think, is starting to – I don't like him as much as I used to like him. I'm just going to say that. So <laughs> Raiders might I be – That's a fair sense. Raiders might be a contest play for me, especially if they're an underdog in a contest and a favorite right now, small favorite. It's not much going through zero. Yep. Uh, but I, I would not bet the Chargers uh, in this game. I just There's just too many question marks about them. And, uh, yeah, I just don't really want to bet the Chargers unless they're, they're like, a big underdog. The Raiders' favorites scare me. That's that's simply it. That team should not be favorite for, for any reason whatsoever, I don't think. And I, I, I'm sure people right now are saying, you know, no. they've looked better the past couple games. So I'm guessing a lot of Sharps have liked what they've seen and, and not really buying the Chargers. But, man, Raiders' favorites, I have to take the opposite side. Just as a moral position, I have to just feel good about myself there, Nate. Uh, what else do we have? We're both on the Jaguars, though. Yeah. So I'll, explain the Jaguars against the Lions. I like the Jags. I think they're a buy-on team. They're they're much better than their 4-7 and seven record. They just had yep. their bye week. They got a big win off the bye against the Baltimore Ravens where they come back. I think Trevor Lawrence is kind of showing those signs of, of being not an elite quarterback, but why he was the number one overall pick. And he continues his development under Doug Peterson. So Jags are a bye team for me. They're playing a Really bad defense in the Lions indoors, so they shouldn't have issues moving the ball. And I know the Lions have played well the last four games, three wins, and they covered on Thanksgiving Day, but I don't know. I think the Jaguars are, are clearly the better team here, and I know 100%. you give a little bit of home field for Detroit, and you know they have the rest advantage because they played last on Thanksgiving. But I, I really think the Jaguars win this game, and they're a team I'm going to continue to bet on um, when I have an opportunity to. So Jags minus one it's, it's a lot of weird spreads this week where there's been like flip of favorites but it's been from plus one to minus one so not yeah. a huge deal um and unless you're like a teaser guy which uh, you probably should be just the way the nfl's going <laughs> and how hard these lines these are lines to are beat tight. um but it's at, at one you wouldn't tease so if it was like one and a half either way you can make a teaser case for either team i think mm-hmm. uh but in this case i actually like jacksonville so i wouldn't tease detroit so jaguar is probably my uh at the moment, favorite NFL bet. Not not enough for a best bet because they just beat the Ravens and you know, I, I don't you know, rest advantage for Detroit. Like the situation is not perfect, but I just right. think that the Jaguars are a team I wanna bet on uh for most of the rest of the uh last six weeks of the season. Yeah, hundred percent. They they just look like a, a better team after their bye week and you saw it in the, in their first game out of bye and now coming against the Alliance team that you know, they're, they're always a tough out. They're physical, but I think the Jaguars are going to be able to match the physicality of that team, and there's some teams that just can't, but Jaguars, I think, are going to be able to, especially just two weeks after a bye. You have a couple more teams that you like and some NFL sexy picks. Yeah, I think there's a lot of NFL sexy picks. It's probably one of the best weeks in terms of games this year where there's, there's yeah. multiple good games. What a, a short lines in the, uh, in the, yeah, so competitive games, but also just like games that matter for the playoffs. Where should I start first? It's a lot. Steelers. Steelers, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think we were talking about this before the show. I just think they're a team that is a little undervalued because they were going through a quarterback transition with Kenny Pickett Mm -hmm. becoming the starter, a rookie quarterback, and his first four opponents they started against at the Bills versus the Bucks, at the Dolphins, at the Eagles. So really there was just a really hard schedule that the Steelers faced early in the season. Now they're two and one since the bye week. They've gotten a little bit of an easier schedule. They beat the uh, the Saints and then they beat the Colts on Monday night. So I think the Steelers are a team now with T.J. Watt, kind of a 
not a great team or even an average team, but a good enough team where when you're going to face a weak opponent like the Falcons, especially defensively, a team I want to bet on, and, and the Falcons don't have much of a home field, was kind of holding me back of making this a, a kind of a bigger bet or, you know, not a best bet, but just like any kind of bet. And while I'm going to wait and see a little bit where this line goes. Is the Steelers did play Monday night on the road, and now they have to go back Monday night on a short week. So that's not a great situation with a rookie quarterback. But I don't like this Falcons team at all, and, and I think the Steelers might be a little bit undervalued going forward. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that's a really good good bet. And the Steelers seem like a team that defensively getting it together, and that's a little scary for, for anyone that's going to be facing them. Got two more teams you like? Yeah, New York Giants plus two and a half against the Commanders. Yep. I know the Commanders have been red hot, winning five of six with Taylor Heineke starting. And the Giants, a team I've been betting against all year, but when I've been betting against the Giants, it's mostly been when they were favorites at home. Now they're an underdog, a number that could maybe get to plus three. And if it's plus three, I'll definitely be on the Giants. Two and a half, definitely going to be a teaser play with the Giants. But I just think there's a little bit of buy low here on the Giants. They played on Thanksgiving Day, short week with travel, but they were super banged up. I believe it was four offensive linemen didn't make the trip. Uh, starting offensive lineman for the Giants, injuries in the secondary, injuries at wide receiver, hoping they get a little bit healthier for this game and they have extra time to prepare uh, playing last Thanksgiving. So uh, extra time to prepare, back at home, underdog in this game. I think that the Giants are the the way I'm going to look. And uh, if it gets to plus three, we'll be a bet. If, if it stays at two and a half, teasers and then contest play on the Giants. And then the big game, or let's the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers. I guess there's a couple big games. There are a couple big games, but let's talk about the 49ers. They are a four-point favorite as we currently speak. That number's kind of been bouncing around between four and a half and three and a half. It's kind of settled at minus four. Really fascinating game here because you have Mike McDaniel against yeah. the guy he's been with pretty much his whole career in the NFL in multiple stops, and most recently. McDaniel was the run game coordinator and the offensive coordinator last year for the 49ers and, and spent five years on that staff working for Shanahan as the head coach. So a lot of familiarity to hear. Two teams kind of trending in the right direction. Miami undefeated when Tua Tungavailoa finishes a game. They've won five straight, but this is a huge step up for the Miami Dolphins. If you look at their last five opponents, they haven't really played good defenses. And the 49ers defense has held opponents scoreless the last four second halves. So the 49ers defense, not only they have t- talent and good scheme, but they have made good adjustments uh, keeping teams out off the scoreboard just in general yeah. the last four games. So I like the way the 49ers are just trending as a team. And the 49ers, the last few weeks, have been huge favorites against Chargers and Cardinals in Mexico, Saints last week, where they were over a touchdown. It was high as 10-point favorite in all those games. Now we only have to lay four with them against a Miami team who offensively is very good, but they've also had a kind of an easy uh, slate of opponents the last five games. So if I truly believe in the 49ers and their defense, which I do, I think this is a, a number and a good time to buy the 49ers at a very reasonable price so 49ers for me is the uh the way i'm looking in this game at minus four i think there might be some interest in miami though so i I don't mind waiting a little bit to see where this line goes have some sexy picks as well this is interesting we got jets browns and Bengals as the sexy pick and it's interesting for me that you bring 
the Bengals up because right now they're plus two, plus one and a half at some some books as well. You can get plus two and a half at a specific book. But people are liking them as a home dog against Kansas City, which I think is really interesting because I look at this game, and if I can get Kansas City under a field goal as a favorite against a Bengals team that I think has been playing well, but, I mean, you look at the game against Tennessee last week. Tennessee did absolutely nothing in the red zone. They were a horrible red zone team. They couldn't execute at all the opportunities that they had. And, I, you know, you're not going to get that against Kansas City. That that the Kansas City is going to finish their drives. They're going to pound it at you, and you know what you're going to get. I kind of like Kansas City here. Yeah, I do too. And I think that – there's an opportunity to maybe buy low on Kansas City. Under a field goal. A, f- a few things here. The, the Bengals beat the Chiefs twice last year. Yep. So I think there is a little bit of a, maybe a recency bias in terms of what we remember from the Bengals winning that Week 17 game to clinch the AFC North and then going to Kansas City mm-hmm. and winning the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs were up 11 points in both half times of those games and then the Bengals made some great defensive adjustments to shut down Mahomes. I think if you're Kansas City and you look at the remaining schedule where it's like the Broncos twice, the Raiders, I believe the Texans are on the schedule or, or some other bad teams like or the Seahawks and Arrowhead. So if you win this game, you have a really clear path to being the one seed because the Bills have slipped up a little bit. So I think Kansas City's going to be fully focused for 60 minutes in this game knowing that Last year, the Bengals got them twice, and a lot of it was because uh, they blew yep. leads in the second half. So I think the the question is is when to bet this game. And if the Bengals get back Mixon and they get back Chase and the public starts realizing, hey, this Bengals team might have the Chiefs number, we might get a lot more Bengals money before Sunday, and then we can get the Chiefs Give me the at Chiefs either a, a cheaper price. Yeah, maybe you're going to pick Chiefs them. Why not? Oh, my God. Or like a minus 120 money line. So. Yeah. I like the Chiefs here with revenge on their mind at a potentially discounted price in this game. Yeah, 100%. If I if I can get the Chiefs at minus one or under, oh, that's going to make some reckless moves. going to make some reckless moves and reckless bets. Let's get the Chiefs as an underdog. Why, why not? You, uh, I may have to uh, take out some money at that point and put that on the Chiefs. Uh, we got the Jets and we got the Browns as the other two sexy picks for yeah. this weekend. Quickly explain those because those are kind well, of interesting. I think the Jets. I mean, they got bet from plus three and a half or three and a half to plus three against yep. the Vikings. You kind of look at the spread and you're wondering why are the nine and two Vikings only a three point favorite in this game? Well, I think we all know that the Vikings just not as good as their record, and no. we saw their defense really struggle against a Patriots offense who hasn't done much this season. So that kind of checks out. And give me the over forty four in that game, by the way. I I do think that makes a lot of sense because the game is uh, indoors, and and the other reason the Jets offense. Might be better Mike with Mike White. White. So the legend. I think that people want to bet on the Jets. I'm not really there at plus three, but okay. I do kind of want to bet on both offenses. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't mind that idea going over. I don't bet a lot of NFL totals, but uh, the over in that game might be a, a really strong look. Hundred um, percent. Because I don't like. I don't want to bet the Vikings in, in the favorite role, and I I do have a little bit worried about Mike White's first like road start. At least this season. Yeah, at I least remember it's in a if dome. I don't remember if he started on the road last year, but uh, yeah, it's I, a good spot for a lot of offense. You got it's playing on turf inside, ideal yep. weather conditions, bad defenses on the Minnesota side. 
and good offense on the Minnesota side. I do I do like the over forty four. And then uh, you have yep, the Browns against the yeah. Texans. And this is this is interesting because <laughs> I live bet the Texans last week when they had zero points in the second quarter. I live bet the team total over nine and a half. And they more than soared over that one. How they about, almost made it a game. How about that beat if you had the, the Dolphins over yeah. 30 and a half team total? They score 30 in the first half and don't score that in the is second rough. half. Uh, crazy. So the Browns minus seven at the Texans. Yeah. Obviously the big storyline of this game and why the Browns are probably favored by a little more than they would if Jacoby Brissett was starting was Deshaun Watson making his first start in two years yes and i don't really know what to make of this because i know he looked rusty or not very good in preseason but i think he just might be kind of rusty in general it's a new offense however i just can't bet the houston texans i don't know about (laughs) you but kyle allen now at quarterback is is definitely not an upgrade against david mills and davis mills isn't anything special so i think for me it's uh it's definitely going to be I, I can't even bet this game. I I want to make a case for the Texans because I think there's a little bit of inflation on the Browns, but yep. the Browns don't really need Watson to do much. They just need to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb, and he should have success in a really good matchup at Houston. So Don't bet bad teams like this. This is a stupid uh, decision. I think sometimes you can, but, yeah, Houston Texans. I think you can bet bad teams if, like, good numbers. if, if the coaches are kind of aggressively aggressive and aggressive-minded, but I don't think I could bet on – Lovey Smith, from what I've seen from them the first what, 12 weeks of the season. Uh, you have a teaser. Don't be a tease. Yeah. You have two teams that you're looking for to tease, and, and one of them you mentioned already, yeah, the so Giants. The, the Giants make a lot of sense. You just tease through three and seven, game with a low total. Easy. And I was going to talk about the Raiders, but they're not in teaser range anymore. Um, mm. I think the other obvious teaser is the uh, the Baltimore Ravens from minus eight and a half to minus two and a half. I Love know it. this line has been fluctuating a little bit with – Lamar Jackson left Wednesday's practice early and uh, very, you know, he seems like uh, multiple times a year with him. There's some yeah, sort of injury or sick. illness situation. He has the weakest immune system which, <laughs> which just kind of like – Eat some oranges, Lamar. <laughs> a banana or two. Yeah, come on, man. But Get that vitamin C. Whenever his status, we hear his status, that's kind of uh, – I don't know. The, the line kind of goes haywire where this was trending towards like 9, maybe even 10, and then Lamar doesn't like limited yesterday, and then it goes to 8. So I think he'll play. Uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. But the Broncos is just a team that I just – I can't bet on them. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, no. I, I feel Why like, would you? I feel like that's a team where – not, like like Houston, it's a team that you're worried about the like motivation and and I mean Nathaniel Hackett will get fired at the end of the season. Yeah. So a lot of questions about motivation and and everything like that. So never trust Russ. I think the uh, the Ravens from make sure it's down under a field goal to two and a half, and the uh, the Giants up to eight and a half right now is the uh, the teaser of the week. Before we finish off, we got to go USA. USA. They're playing Netherlands in the World Cup Saturday morning. I uh, unfortunately just have to wake up early for that game. You know, that sucks. I don't, can't sleep until 10 a.m. on Saturday. But I do it for this country, Nate. They're playing the Netherlands. They're plus 330 on the money line. Draws plus 230. Netherlands are plus 100. Clearly the favorite. What do you like in USA and the Netherlands on Saturday? Yeah, so I actually think this is a pretty good draw for the USA in terms of being the runner-up in Group B, and if you're going to have to play a group winner um, in the round of 16, 
I think Netherlands probably one of the weaker uh, group winners. Although, as we talk right now, it looks like Japan is about to win the group. So uh, they, them in Morocco, obviously, and Croatia, I guess. So maybe maybe not that. But Netherlands definitely has some holes to them. They're not they a perfect team. They are very strong defensively. Uh, they kind of have a defensive-minded manager in Louis van Gaal. Uh, their best striker, Memphis Depay, came in this tournament injured. He did start against Qatar. Uh, but I, I think the U.S. has enough here to at least get this game into extra time. So I'm going to look to play the U.S. plus half a goal. And all games in soccer and bets, unless it's, it's uh, noted in, in the betting language, is, is all in 90 minutes. So if, you know, the Netherlands win in – or if you bet on, like, the U.S. and, and they don't win in 90 minutes – know that you're not going to lose the bet. So just kind of know what you're betting when you're betting soccer, especially in these international tournaments, as Japan just won the group. Look at how happy they are. And I'm uh, just going to quickly go over to the, uh, the Germany game, and they're up 4-2. So I think the Germans are out, which is crazy. Wow. So, sorry to interrupt this preview. Uh, USA We're Netherlands. giving you a live thing that you're going to already know has happened. Right. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Great podcast. Poor job by me, but that was truly <laughs> a shocking result. It is. That's here. kind of wild. Yeah. Hey, um, anything can happen, which means maybe this is the USA's year. Yeah, uh, potentially. So I think one way to look at this game is betting the U.S. like a double chance or plus half a goal yep. to get this an extra time. I also don't expect a lot of goals in this game. I think under 2.25 goals on the Asian handicap, under two and a quarter. So half your bets on under two, half your bets on under two and a half. If there's exactly two goals in 90 minutes, you win half your bet. If there is zero or one, you win your full bet. If there's three or more, you lose your bet. I think that's a good way to go because I, I feel like one or two goals or even zero are, are very likely in this game. So I'm looking towards under. I'm looking towards U.S. plus half a goal. Maybe even just the draw plus 230 is a pretty good price. So I'm looking at those kind of things. I'm not fully convinced on the Netherlands. I guess my biggest concern, though, was the U.S. They've had that hard-fought win against Iran on Tuesday that went 100 minutes when you when you attack on stoppage time conniption yeah and i worry about their fatigue in that situation against the netherlands team that basically had a a glorified scrimmage against qatar on tuesday so netherlands should be (laughs) more rested yeah and the u.s have trouble scoring goals but i think the u.s actually has has a shot to advance and if if they do advance it'll be ugly low scoring but i think there is a path there to get to the quarterfinals, and then likely get destroyed by Leo Messi's Argentina. I love it. I'm just going to – I don't know if I'm going to bet USA. I, you might, I just might have to just because it's America, you know. But uh, I'm a little worried, a little worried about the Netherlands. But the path is there. The path is nice. Yeah. It's nice in there for, for the U.S. to get through. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, I have an NBA play for you, two NBA plays. They're a little related. Uh, it's going to go all into the Grizzlies against the 76ers. They're back at home. They're a great first quarter team, one of the first, one of the best against the spread teams in the first quarter, like 15 and 6 against the spread, something crazy like that. They also score a bunch of points in the first quarter of games this season. The number, since we're doing this on a Thursday afternoon, the number's not even out yet, but I'm going to say go team total over for the Grizzlies in the first quarter, one of my favorite bets in the NBA, and bet the Grizzlies spread in the first quarter. They're minus five for the game. First quarter spread maybe like minus a half or minus one and a half, something in that territory. Bet them both. They're going to score a lot. The Grizzlies score 33 and a half points per first quarter this season while they're at home, which is an insane number. So the Grizzlies should win that first quarter once they're back at home after losing the first quarter last night. 
Grizzlies all the way. First quarter team total over first quarter against the spread. Love it. There we go. And, uh, yeah, Germany just won the game, but they're out of the World Cup. That is unfortunate. Goodbye, Germany. Yeah, so now – Hello, Japan. And, and Japan wins the group, so that means they play Croatia in uh, in Jeez. the in the bracket where uh, I believe it w- we were expecting it to be Brazil-Spain quarter, but now Spain goes down to the bottom part of the bracket – where they play Morocco in the round of 16. So this is actually a good thing for Spain mm-hmm. because they lost, they got second in the group, but they avoid a potential quarterfinal against Brazil and maybe get to play a quarterfinal against most likely Portugal. So this is actually good for Spain in there because they're, they're outside of the bracket that would have to face uh, Argentina or Brazil. So a lot of sports going on. It's, a, it. it's a good time of year. I wasn't t- fully excited about this World Cup. Because I was like so much, you know, football's going on, and I don't know when I'm going to sleep. But <laughs> honestly, you sleep after. I, no, I've just been sleep. I've just been going to bed early this week. Have you know going to bed? I, I've, I've sacrificed uh, December college basketball, okay. which is totally okay. fine because you're probably helping your pay your I, wallet. There. I probably would wouldn't watch much anyway. So love it. As we're watching the Germans, I think they just found out Sad that they're Germans. out of the World Cup. Pretty crazy because Spain was up one nothing. Yeah, but let, let's wild. wrap this up because this. this we ba- can just keep doing live. Uh, yeah, stuff like just talk. Up. It's going to be like three hours old at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Comes out. I love it. it won't, won't be. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, read our article. Uh, we got the college football betting article for uh, championship weekend coming out on WatchStadium.com on Friday. Uh, we have all our bets, of course, uh, that you listen to, and we'll have all our bets for that. So good luck to everybody. Have a fun championship weekend. We will be back next week starting to talk about some bowl games nate i am excited good luck